When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Podcast brought to you by the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm Derek. I'm Garrity. And our guest today is Ola Magic Dumney. Hello. Hey. Well, Ola's been on the show a couple of times before. Today we're just going to talk to her and ask her all about her show on Radio Nalifa, Shanlista on Saturn. Yeah, Shanlista on Saturn. Bin if I ask Le Hair Squid, August Kulishiv Kistere, Le Yuruma, Rivershin on Show, Air Radilitha, Kate is a shade, FM. Thank you so much for coming today, Hola. No problem. So, your show, tell us all about it. Yeah, well, my show is Shylist on Tahrin every Saturday from four to five. And yeah, it's just a, basically a show, music show of different kind of songs, different genres and everything. I just love like mixing a bit of like urban music with like country, classical, just anything, because I just want everyone to enjoy it. You know, I don't want to go for a particular demographic, like it's just for everyone. Exactly. So when people are doing their thing on Saturday, it's great to listen to an, a phenomenal miscellany of music and get a little bit of Irish in the middle of it too. Yeah, yeah. The Irish songs are definitely important for me to put in because like, you know, it is an Irish language radio station. So I have to, I feel like I need to, well, not have to, but I feel like I need to put that in. I'm, I'm happy to do that anyway. So Great stuff. And one of the things that people have been talking about recently, there's been a lot of talk in, in radio stations about gender balance and other diversity yeah. issues on radio stations. And when while people have been wringing their hands and moaning about how bad it is in general, the Irish language stations have been absolutely leading the field. Yeah, I, I read an article about like Radio Le Gueltuk to always having the 50-50 balance with the gender. That's amazing. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't know that as well. I feel like people kind of look down on Irish language yeah. radio stations and think they're backward or something. Like that. That's and so it's ridiculous. a non-issue in Radio Le Gueltuk. So like they don't they don't promote. It's not something they're like, oh, we've got a 50-50. It's just yeah, that's just the reality of it. Yeah, it's great. Like. Fantastic, and even like I suppose Ryan Liff. I mean, a lot of people would have a, have a conception that Irish an Irish language radio station is going to be maybe um, an hour of Bowron playing, followed by maybe <laughs> yeah, by a prayer or something, and it's absolutely not. No, because, that's not true at all. Like Radio Liffa is so hip, you know. Like you just you get it's it's alternative. Like you get an alternative mix of music, and it's just great. Like the songs you hear on Radio Liffa, you won't hear it's all like spin. So, you know, it's it's great. It's unique. Like Take that spin. <laughs> <laughs> I love you spin, though. <laughs> well, you were on Riding Gelsinger recently, and the, um, the topic, of, it was 
very recently after Ibrahim Halawa's the judgment was made and there's a lot of discussions about who gets to be Irish and who doesn't and you spoke very beautifully and very eloquently on this topic. Well, it's something you. that's very close to your heart. Yeah, it is because, you know, we were discussing that where are you really from question and, you know, that question is just, I just find that rude and it is racist as well and I don't think, you know, the people that ask this question realise that. Because basically what you're doing with that question is discrimination. You're just looking at someone, looking at their co- the colour of their skin and thinking, ah, you're not Irish. And it's just, it's ridiculous. And I think it is also, I don't think people realise that people of colour have been in Ireland for so long. Like Rachel Baptiste, she was in Ireland. She was a black woman who lived in Ireland in the 1750s. And she was a singer. She was like the Beyonce of that time. And she oh. used to go around like what? singing in different venues. In the 1750s? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. We'd love to have heard that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a podcast on it actually about um, Ireland's immigration history. I forgot who it's by, but like it's really good. Great stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll get that into the end credits, I'm sure. Yeah. It's something that I was thinking about a lot recently. Ever since Brexit in the United Kingdom, there's been a huge demand for Irish passports from people who maybe have a parent or a grandparent who is from Ireland. And it's almost like a customer service issue for them. They just want something that's going to be a convenience for them. Whereas other people who are actually born here are having enormous trouble getting that that same level Mm. of recognition and attention. Yeah, I think um, Irish passport is pretty hard for immigrants to get, to be honest. I got my, I was born here, but I got my Irish passport about like three years ago. And, you know, I was just, I just find that a bit ridiculous because like I was growing up in the country, this country, you know, my whole life. I integrate so well into the country and I just... point out that you're a fluent Irish speaker. Yeah, I'm I'm fluent in Irish as well. So I just thought that was so long to get. Yeah, that's totally... Because you see, I know it's probably not the best example, but you see on the Rose of Tralee every year, there's always like the Washington Rose or the Texas Rose is like, oh yeah, I just got my Irish passport and has never set foot in Ireland before because their great-great-grandfather was their postman was uh, was Irish. Uh, So they decided they were getting an Irish passport. But... I, like you, you're a fluent Irish speaker. Do you think that maybe you know you spent so long trying to get your passport? Do you think that maybe there was some sort of like with the, like uh, overcompensation on like say you're have you're trying to prove your Irishness almost to feel or was it that you just wanted to learn Irish or had you considered anything on, on those lines? Uh, well, the reason I learned Irish in the first place is just because my parents put me in a girl school. I like you know that's just how it went from there yeah. like yeah I went to grad school <laughs> much for, of a in it. for a secondary as well and yeah no I was happy to though yeah, like I yeah. loved that I did my education three mile like yeah. I can't really imagine my life without Irish it just seems yeah. weird like it's just second nature to me literally mm-hmm. and yeah but I just think it's so weird that you would even have to justify your Irishness by saying well yeah. I'm also an Irish speaker like I don't think I mean yeah. it's, it's fantastic that you are but I don't know why it yeah be. people mm-hmm. still find it really weird yeah, that, um, yeah. like a person of colour would speak Irish like it's still it's still a new thing and um, yeah but like even for my primary school for the Guelph school it was pretty um, multicultural at that time that was like the year 2000s and yeah it was really multicultural then and still even now there's still some kind of issue and they just knew that this was the, the, the main thing was it was a good, a good school it was a good school and it was a nice yeah, place to go literally, and, and yeah. sometimes it was just the local school for some people yeah it was yeah for some people but actually that um Guelph school like there's people from different backgrounds and that goes back to the thing of oh Guelph school being elitist it's not like Hmm. like Guelph schools are public schools I don't understand how that is considered elitist like I just don't get that at all like it's open to everyone from all backgrounds so 
And I would say in that instance, I've heard the, I didn't go to a girl's school myself. And I would say the burden of proof is if someone actually thinks girl schools are elitist, the burden of proof is on them because, I mean, they need to back that up with something other than just saying it, that they have an opinion of the Irish language and they need to find ways to justify it. Because often I find the Irish language debate goes, people saying, oh, no one speaks it anymore. And then someone says, well, actually, lots of people are showing an interest in learning more. Mm. They go, oh, no, no, they just want elitist schools. They want basically a private education without paying the downtown prices of a private school. Mm. And then I said, well, no, that's not the case. Yeah, it's not the case at all. Like, there's well in middle class areas and working class areas as well. And, you know, it's just, it's there. And I think it's such a great thing that it's there. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn, you know, treat man as well. I think that's such a fantastic example of how Gaelic School, your, your example, there were so many different people from different cultures, different backgrounds that made up your Gaelic School and how it's so not what the general assumption, the negative assumption about Gaelic School would be that it's just elitist for like the very Irish, very wealthy people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a nice way that, you know, you, you even, you know, in the early 2000s and many years ago, you you were in a, a Gaelic School that, that was so multicultural. And so it wasn't a non-issue probably that there was that many kids from different backgrounds there. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't an issue at all because we used to like uh, celebrate different cultures every year as well there. Yeah, it was a great, it's a great blend. Like it's just a melting pot basically. And Ireland is a melting pot now. Mm. Like, and I think people need to learn about that, know that and accept it because it was so weird actually. A few weeks ago I was in a pharmacy and the woman behind the counter asked me, oh, uh, where are you from? And I told her Dublin, and she looked at me so strangely. And I was, she was like, "Oh, where, are you, where in Dublin are you from?" And I was like, "Dunleer." And she was like, "Oh yeah, I thought I heard an Irish accent." Then why did she seem so surprised? Then, like, I don't get that. Uh, you're, you're, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've, <laughs> it's hard to know where to start. Sometimes, I mean, God, boy. <laughs> That's the, that's the kind of conversation mm. that takes place outside of Ireland, that there's a, an Irish pharmacist in a different country finding an Irish accent and being like, oh, you're Irish, not not in Ireland. That's so weird. That's yeah, a place in Dublin. Like, it's like some people are just not aware of like the multicultural yeah. aspect of Ireland. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. So it's when you were going to girls' school and primary school and you came on with homework, um, say, and maybe did your parents ever learn a word or two of Irish or how did that go? Yeah, I guess they know like Gurmagos, like Diagrit and stuff like that. It's <laughs> pretty basic, but that's about it really, to be honest. I kind of just helped myself at home. <laughs> yeah. And it I did guess. you no harm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that, maybe that was a bit of the downside of it. But we did have a family friend that was fluent in Irish, so she would help me sometimes as well. So Excellent. Yeah, that was good. That's great. And... In terms of, say, people's perceptions, people in Ireland's perceptions of Nigeria and the Nigerian community, if there's maybe one or two misperceptions, you'd just love to shake them and say, no, this is what this is what it's really like. These are misunderstandings. What would those be? Uh, well, I if think you only had to pick two <laughs> or three. Uh, I think the biggest stereotype about Nigerians are, is that they're all scammers. Um, that's not true. <laughs> I'm not a scammer. Neither are my family. Um, yeah, like, you know, the whole thing about like 419 and you know Nigerian princes sending emails <laughs> and things yeah like we recently saw actually um the uh, the version of the Nigerian 
Prince email translated into Irish, except it was Ivorian. They changed it, and I thought that's it's just interesting they picked the Ivory Coast because it's the, the flag backwards. Yeah, maybe they think <laughs> yeah, we think have I some sort that. of sympathy. That <laughs> Nigerian prince has put a really bad reputation. That one guy, that Beckham prince, yeah. bringing a really bad reputation on Nigerians. Yeah, I yeah. never thought of that before. And there's and, and a lot of them don't actually don't necessarily they can come from different countries, but it's for some reason Nigerian has been singled out for that particular scam. Yeah, yeah, it's always been like that. Like, I remember actually my mum told me that um, at work, uh, someone told her that um, that he'd kill her right now just because she's a Nigerian, because he got scammed, yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, you see, we don't swear much in this uh, on this podcast, but um, <laughs> you can assume that our producer Brian has cut out a very large swear <laughs> mic off from me. That's yeah. shocking. The actual That's crazy. in centuries ago, the Nigerian prince email was used to be called the Spanish prisoner scam. Really? Yeah. So oh. it's before it was Nigeria, it was Spain. Oh, <laughs> you see, everyone does it. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually yeah. a film called The Spanish Prisoner based on it. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. And apart from that, was there another misunderstanding that you'd love to clear up? Um, I think another stereotype as well is that I don't know if this is only for Nigerians or just black people in general, but like there's a stereotype that Nigerians are loud and brash and all this. And like that isn't you can't just associate that with a whole group of people. Like that isn't mm. true. Like I find myself pretty quiet and shy. <laughs> and, th- and the funny thing is Irish people are so sensitive about stereotypes about Ireland, yeah. about, you mm. know, about things about drinking, about fighting, about those sorts of things. And and can be so, bl- and especially being mistaken for English abroad. But it can be, it can be so blasé about every East European person is Polish, every African person, yeah, yeah, I'm Nigeria somewhere. And, it's, and it, it, it really frustrates me because I, I would ask just that people here would just offer the same courtesies that they expect themselves yeah definitely yeah I was actually watching a film um, oh what's it called um, Cardboard Gangsters mm-hmm. and like in the movie there's a black guy and they say to him are oh, you fucking Nigerian <laughs> yeah and they don't even know where he's from like he's fr- probably not even Nigerian like this is the Zyre's is this like like the film it. with uh, the actor John Connors who's in Love Hate yeah 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 mm-hmm. that he's one oh, yeah. yeah I haven't seen that uh, would you recommend it probably not yeah, after that <laughs> Apart from that, yeah. yeah, it's a really good film. Yeah. We mentioned before we started recording that um, one of the most popular drinks in Nigeria is Guinness and the patron saint is St. Patrick. And yeah. it's a little bit of green on the flag too. Yeah. Are there any other Irish connections to Nigeria you'd like to talk about? Yeah, actually, um, I know many years ago, like there's loads of Irish priests in Nigeria. And like my parents said, like they'd have Irish priests as teachers as well. And like you'd see people with Irish surnames as well, like O'Reilly, McCarthy, things. And um, yeah, there just seems to be a great connection between Ireland and Nigeria. And also that you were saying about the Guinness. um, Yeah, Nigeria's turned out to be the second largest market for Guinness. So, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) So, and another issue maybe the two countries share is uh, politicised language issues. Yeah. Do you want to tell us more about the language debates in Nigeria? Yeah, the official language is English, um, and but there's three official indigenous languages, Igbo, Yoruba, and Hausa. And there's loads of other languages as well, but those are the three official indigenous languages. And I think a lot of people don't know that like 
you know, Nigeria was colonised by the British as well. And I feel like sometimes people just assume, oh, you're African, you don't understand English. And mm. it's like, we were colonised too. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think maybe if strange. more Irish people knew that, they might be slightly more sympathetic to, yeah. to that. Like, we can share that. Like, yeah, we feel your pain, you know. Yeah. Um, probably not to the, to the the degree. I'd imagine it's probably a lot, it generally always is a lot worse in Africa, the, the colonisation that went on there. But Yeah, the yeah, scramble can, for Africa. Yeah. yeah, man, it was... Disaster, but uh, yeah, I feel like there's, there's, we're kindred spirits. I feel, yeah. <laughs> even when Chinua Achebe was writing his um, his famous novel, he, he took a line from Yeats to name it Things Fall Apart. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. yeah, I love, yeah, that book is a really good book. It's so violent, though. Mm. Yeah, so you want to tell us some, some of your favorite Yoruba words? Is that, is that, is that the language I should call Yoruba as well as the group? Yeah, Yoruba, that's the tribe I come from. Yeah, okay. Would you be kind enough to share some fun Yoruba words that we can all take home today? Well, I think this is a really funky word, baoli. That mean, basically means what's up, how are you? Baoli. 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 Yeah, yeah there's a few um, Nigerian, uh, well, Yoruba cur- curse words as well. Yes, that's what <laughs> but, we really want. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get down to the good stuff. They're more like, they're not like um, f- you or things like that. They're more like actually putting a curse on your head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. kind of similar to Irish though, right? Because that those yeah, are the best the way, ones actually. in Irish, right? They're mm-hmm. the, the putting curses on people. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we, they're we, so badass. Completely. And, and also so deeply felt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're really personal. Like, yeah, yeah, come on, put curses on us. Give us those. <laughs> put, put curses on, on some, of, some of our... Uh, <laughs> some, some, some of the people we are acquainted with on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, well, there's a few. Well, Bastard is Omale. Omale. Uh, yeah. And um, Koda. that basically means your head is not good. <laughs> that's Ooh, classic. That's, that's deep. Man, your head is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any favourite and least favourite Irish words? Uh, this is a bit controversial, but like the words, like phrase like Dilligurn. Yeah. I just, I always used to think that, I still think that's a bit weird because... Okay. I'm not blue. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and, um, I get though because you know fire dove means the devil, so you can't really say dilla dove. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I looked at the translation in the dictionary, and dilla means negro. And, like no one uses that anymore. Ooh, yeah. I suppose that that's it's an old dictionary, I think. And I'm, I'm not saying it was mm-hmm. it was acceptable back then, but I think it was it, a modern dictionary would absolutely not use that. I think the logic is just that colours in Irish, just a banana is like a a green a grey squirrel is era gloss, which which sounds like a green squirrel, because gloss actually means a spectrum of colours between green and grey. And similarly, sometimes if someone had really like really dark black uh, black hair, they um, like say Gurmla, the girl's name means uh, really really dark haired princess. As in her hair is so jet black, it has a slight tinge of blue to it. Oh, I don't know if anyone's mm. skin is so dark that it's almost blue. Yeah, yeah. Skin is, I, I, <laughs> I think I think it's largely yeah to um, I think it was largely to differentiate from Fardov being yeah. um, being the, the being the devil back then. So you're not too keen on that. Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> I think it should be changed. It's good to know because yeah, yeah I, I, th- I think it's good to actually know yeah what, what people actually feel. Yeah, because the majority of people, I think, I know myself, I just accepted it as fact, but like I never really thought about the origins of it, like, you know, Mm. because you wouldn't. But it's like any kind of words to describe colour, they probably need to be updated. Like, you Mm. know, the words that we used 
50 years ago to describe people's skin colour are not acceptable now. Yeah. And I know people still use them, but that doesn't mm-hmm. make them okay. Yeah. But, um, so maybe there is something to be said for updating the Irish. Yeah. Even like yeah. the term for a person of colour, like Nav Gal or Dylan Dacha. Oh, Nav Gal? Oh, I don't yeah, like that. I don't like that. Okay, well, I do know that the, um, the, the people who work in the terminology databases and the and the Irish dictionary are very responsive to, I guess, new ideas and actual direct input from Irish speakers. So hopefully that's something that we can actually get a wonderful new terms for. Yeah. Because, yeah, people thought people actually would love words that people would use happily to describe themselves with the words that should be in the dictionary. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Any favourite words then? Oh, I love, there's loads of favourite words. Um, yeah, like even what we were talking about earlier on, like puka, like I like that word, like just mm-hmm. puka, like spooky. Not really spooky, but like it's cute. Like <laughs> it is. I think so because yeah, like because I remember thinking that mm-hmm. people referred to their online friends as a pukemapoka. The idea that the little ghosts oh, are inside your phone, cute. then your phone's inside your pocket. Uh, pukemapoka being your online Puka friend. Puka reminds me of the little, you know, the Snapchat little ghost guy, the cute exactly. one, the, the little one with the smiley face. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I think that might have been the logic behind it, but it's just it's yeah, wonderful. I love that one. Before we wrap up, do you want to us the? The I Am Irish project. Do you want to tell us more about that? Oh yeah, yeah. Lorraine Mayer um, created the I Am Irish project, and it's actually an exhibition now in Axis Ballymun Theatre, and it's it's a great exhibition. So everyone should go out to see it. And there's going to be a panel talk as well on the twenty fifth of October. I think it starts at six or so. It's on Facebook anyway. So if you want to go, just search it. Excellent. And yeah. what kind of stuff will that be covering? About identity and the exhibition actually explores um, mixed race Irish people so it's it's really great exhibition because it's giving light to people of colour in Ireland that you know they exist and should be given recognition and that we are Irish so fantastic yeah it's great oh thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much Carmela so it's a slan for me slan for me slan for Hey, Dark again. I want to thank you very much for listening to today's episode. If, like me, you're always on the lookout for a new podcast, there's lots to find in the Headstuff Podcast Network. For example, one of the ones we mentioned on today's show is Irish Immigration History, which deals with stories such as Rachel Baptiste. I want to thank Brian for producing today. I want to thank Kirsten Shield for doing the wonderful artwork. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please do like, subscribe, and tell your friends all about the show and so we can find new new listeners and keep bringing the show to you. Thank you. See you next time. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. No, that should not be necessary.